Hi again, and welcome to Gab and Grow. I am your host, Mary Beth Griffin. And today I think we have a topic that's going to be of interest to lots of you who are traveling for spring break. Um, spring break is always kind of a crazy, fun time for people. Um, you have lots of opportunities to be doing things that you might not have done before. And so today we're going to talk about some ways to be safe while you're out enjoying the fun of spring break. And joining us to talk about this are two of our favorite guests from last semester. Aww. We have Sydney Treza and Kara Mackler from the Women's Center of Greater Danbury. So welcome back to Gavin Grow. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Um, so it's kind of fun to be talking about spring break um, because right now the ground is covered in icy. <laughs> yeah. My my dog was trying to go to the bathroom yesterday and oh. he kept sliding down the hill. Same here. It was just, I felt so badly for him because I wasn't going to get him. Yeah, or they spread guy. their legs out yeah. like this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of cartoonish. But, um, but actually, even though we're covered with snow and ice, spring break is really only a couple of weeks away from mm-hmm. now when we're Amazing. recording this. So. You know, and spring break has always been that kind of time where people are looking for someplace warm to go. Mm -hmm. They're kind of ready to kind of cut loose and hang out and experience some freedom. But um, I think sometime like in the early 60s, that idea of just kind of going and relaxing on the beach kind of went away. There was that, I think it was Connie Francis song and movie, Where the Boys Are, (laughs) and um and it was all about, you know, the crazy stuff kids did on spring break. And hmm. But it actually, it was funny because I watched it for a film class once, and it actually had um, things about sexual assault and, and hmm. things that often, not often, but sometimes happen over spring break, too. Yeah. So, um, you know, but the whole concept of spring break kind of transitioned and became this kind of, you know, bacchanalia and like crazy sexuality and things and i know in the 90s it was all the girls gone wild Mm -hmm. things which probably still go on i just don't see the late night commercials anymore (laughs) um and then lots of companies started sponsoring spring break things so you had alcohol companies and tanning companies and you know music and things and and so it became a lot more about just going and relaxing on the beach and it became this whole kind of party scene. So there's that kind of spring break, but then we also have spring break where people are traveling and doing things like alternative spring break where they're going down and helping clean up after Katrina and things. But there's anytime you're traveling, there's opportunities for bad things to happen, I guess. And so, you know, regardless of whether you're going to that Fort Lauderdale or South Padre Island kind mm-hmm. of crazy atmosphere or you're going to to, you know, someplace in Mississippi to help clean up in the aftermath of things. There are things we want people to mm-hmm. think about and be cautious about. And um, so I'm going to stop talking now and, <laughs> and I guess just step back and maybe let you guys talk because one of the things that does come up frequently when we talk about spring break is that idea of substance use mm-hmm. and and people's increased use of substances. Mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe that might be a good place to kind of enter the conversation and and start to talk about some of the things that people might want to be on the lookout for or careful about or thinking about mm-hmm. when they make their plans. Sure. Yeah. So. Well, I think especially speaking to your point about the shift in spring break and mm-hmm. kind of the intention of spring break, I think it kind of leads to a lot of pressure to drink mm-hmm. um, or, you know, any other kind of substance use. And that pressure might lead to individuals using substances that they may not have ever used before or to that extent or mm-hmm. that pressure to kind of catch up 
with their peers or their friends that they're with um, or this pressure to just constantly be um, engaging in this kind of behavior mm-hmm. throughout the whole time that they're on this vacation, that it has to be this epic vacation. And then mm-hmm. with that comes this maybe potential mm-hmm. pressure to, to engage in that substance use. And then, of course, all of those things, like we are talking about sexual assault, of mm-hmm. course, um, can make someone vulnerable to right. issues like sexual assault and many other issues, of course. Um, but obviously coming from the lens of Women's Center, mm-hmm. um, we think about that relationship between mm-hmm. alcohol right. and sexual assault. And not to say that alcohol or any other substances cause sexual assault right. to happen. Because exactly. um, I think a lot of people think, oh, if there's alcohol, you know, just assume that someone's going to get sexually assaulted. And that kind of puts a, the responsibility almost on the alcohol, which is mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, so it's not like alcohol or any other substances cause the sexual assault, but when someone is impaired, there's always going to be a risk mm-hmm. um, if someone chooses to engage in sexual activity when impaired <laughs> or when their partner is impaired in that moment. So when we talk about alcohol with mm-hmm. consent... Um, or any other drugs. Mm-hmm, or any other drugs mm-hmm. or substances, we always kind of focus on that word impairment um, and obviously to highlight that it's not the alcohol or substance that's causing it, but... That risk involved is because when someone's impaired, it is impacting their ability to make decisions mm-hmm. and their judgment. Um, yeah. So I kind of joke, like, you know, hmm, wonder why we can't consent to yeah. sexual activity without judgment and an ability to make a decision yeah. clearly. Um, and so that's what al- alcohol and other substances are impacting. So mm-hmm. it's not to say that every single time someone is impaired or both people are impaired that it's automatically a sexual right. assault. But it means that there's going to be that risk Mm -hmm. involved. And I think that's kind of our standpoint is kind of for safety. And obviously we know this is not always easy, especially on spring break, where there's this pressure to do both of those Mm -hmm. activities Mm -hmm. potentially. Um, We just always encourage students to, for both themselves and their partner in that moment, to stay safe Mm -hmm. if someone's impaired to try to not engage in sexual Mm -hmm. activity. And I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people to to kind of wrap their heads around mm-hmm. in, in terms of of the judgment issues and things because so many people opt to drink or use a substance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they want to be involved in some kind of maybe in a sexual activity kind mm-hmm. of thing. And they're so nervous about that sure. that right. they, they use a substance like alcohol to kind of release those inhibitions. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so it's... Part of it, I think, is is being aware of the lines that yeah. you have mm-hmm. and, and when is enough to maybe make you a little relaxed versus make you incapable of making a good decision. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because Kara and I went to the Can I Kiss You program mm-hmm. um, by mm-hmm. Mike Domeritz, right? Yep. yep. It was great. Um, and he was talking about that kind of thing about like – even if one person is giving somebody alcohol and saying, hey, you know, this is to make you feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And or whether that's a friend or somebody that you're thinking about engaging in sexual activity mm-hmm. with or yourself giving it, you know, drinking it on your own to make yourself more comfortable. Obviously, you're not al- already not comfortable or you're already uncomfortable right. Right. with what is going to happen. So I think keeping that in the back of your mind mm-hmm. can kind of you know, even make you more aware of your peers and what's going on around you, I think. And if somebody is using any kind of substance to make themselves more comfortable, if you're there with friends, you know, checking in and making sure you know where that person's at and what's going on and if they're okay with 
consuming alcohol or doing some kind of mm-hmm. other drug and then also knowing that that might be a follow-up thing of their choice. Mm-hmm. Um, just when he said it like that, like, oh, they're already yeah. uncomfortable with what's going on. If yeah. you're trying to make them more comfortable, that was like a huge a red like, flag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think also we know that alcohol is often used as a way to facilitate a sexual mm-hmm. assault where they're going – the person who is – perpetrating that mm-hmm. is going to use alcohol to quote unquote loosen them mm-hmm. up but essentially they're trying to make sure that they're not capable of giving consent right. so they're going to feed them alcohol to the point where they're not capable of doing right. that so that's another kind of red flag if mm-hmm. someone is constantly trying to be like let me buy you more drinks or yeah. let me give you more here you need to loosen up you need to relax like Sydney was saying, if it's their choice, it's a little different. Yeah. Um, but just something to kind of keep in mind, too. If somebody is constantly trying to push drinks on mm-hmm. you, whether it's a friend or yeah. a random person that you just yeah. met or whoever, um, that's a red flag, too. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes, too, in in that whole spring break kind of mindset that you get into, mm-hmm. you're you're often there with a group of your friends, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And, and so that pressure that we talked mm-hmm. about, that pressure to drink— comes not only from somebody who might be wanting to do something nefarious sure. to you, mm-hmm. but it also comes from your friends who, you know, you haven't had enough to drink, you know. Mm-hmm. Why or are wow, you being you're far such, behind yeah. us or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, there's a, a lot going on with just deciding what's right for you mm-hmm. and what's comfortable and, you know. Yeah. Do you want to be passed out in a toilet somewhere? <laughs> right. <laughs> do you want to be able to walk home at the end of the night yeah. too? So. And that's why we also talked about um, helping to kind of designate a sober friend if you Mm -hmm. are in a group Mm -hmm. um, because not only then if someone else doesn't want to drink, they have another friend who's sober, but then it's also someone who can kind of keep an eye out on Mm -hmm. everyone. And like Sydney was saying before, like checking in before you go out for the night. Mm -hmm. And obviously people can change their mind, but Mm -hmm. having that conversation of like, yeah, I don't really want to, like, have sex with someone tonight, but maybe I kind of just want to make out with somebody. Like, yeah. those boundaries are really important. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of keeping an eye out on their friends of, like, hey, you remember that, you know, earlier you said you didn't really want to do this, like, checking in. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Is this all right with you? Yeah. And, of course, obviously remembering that people can change their minds both ways if they say, right. I do want to do this. Mm-hmm. But then they take that back. They're allowed to do that, too. Yeah. So just having that, like, sober friend or someone who can kind of, check in with the group or individual mm-hmm. or notice when something is off right you know if the, if you're having a conversation with friends before you go out about like i'm really just okay with maybe dancing with a couple people and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden everybody's dancing in a group and hanging out and then you're seen walking away with somebody right maybe that friend's more quick to be like oh wait but hey i just wanted to check in whereas if you don't have that conversation then maybe that friend is totally thinking that like that was your plan and that was okay mm-hmm. um And not to put any responsibility or anything on any potential victim, but, like, on a group together of just knowing where everybody's Mm -hmm. at before going out. And then you can notice red flags or things that seem odd and try to stay ahead of anything that could happen by just speaking openly about what's going on. Right. Is that making sense? Yeah. And and not to say that you obviously have to be on the lookout every second of the night and not right. enjoy your time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think it's important. And even if that's, um, you know, there are a lot of apps or even just sharing your location mm-hmm. um, on your phone with your friends mm-hmm. if you feel comfortable and safe doing that. Like, that's always a good kind of option to mm-hmm. just know where they are. And, like, if you do get separated from the group, you're able to find 
you know, out where they are and you can mm-hmm. call or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just a way to stay connected yeah. in some way. Well, and sometimes if you're at some kind of big event, you know, if there's mm-hmm. a huge party at the sure. beach, right. it's it's easy to kind of get separated off. So it's yeah. so nice to actually, you know, I'm ancient, so so... <laughs> You know, when we had spring break, you didn't, there weren't such things as cell phones and, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of other things. But, (laughs) you know, it it makes it so much easier to stay connected with people. So if you do get Mm -hmm. separated on the way into something, you can find your way back and and Mm -hmm. reconnect with them and things. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad we talked about that because that was actually one of the things that, that I wanted to put on was, you know, that, that. Usually people are going on spring break in a group and so kind of watching out for each other mm-hmm. and doing that kind of thing. We talk about that just in general yeah. around here. If people yeah. are going downtown for the night, exactly. you know, what do you, you know, do you know who's all going and mm-hmm. what people's plans are and things. Mm-hmm. And, who you have and to not, wait for when you leave in or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid to have that conversation. I think, you know, sometimes people feel that's like such a difficult conversation Mm -hmm. to have with somebody, you know, like, why do I want to talk with my friend about whether or not I want to hook up with somebody or not? But but it helps in the long run because they know if you've walked off with somebody, sure, you know, maybe a quick check in, but they know Mm -hmm. that's what you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. So, and I think it also having that conversation with a friend helps you have the conversation with yourself. Right. And be aware of where you need to, where your own boundaries are and what mm-hmm. you're thinking of mm-hmm. your goals are for the night or what you're yeah. super not interested in doing. And if you don't have that conversation with somebody else, maybe it's you haven't had it with yourself yeah. yet. Yeah. yeah. And regardless if you put all these things in place too, um, you know, even if you have a plan going into it, if you have that friend who's sober and watching out for everyone, you have your location shared on everything, you can do all the right things mm-hmm. and things can still happen. Yeah. So if someone Gosh, or it's like, it's like you read what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably the most important yeah. thing, you know, to, to say and mention and um, just make everyone aware that no matter what you do to put in place, um, if you or a friend ends up getting sexually assaulted, it's not their fault or your fault, um, especially, you know, if the friend is the sober one who was supposed to watch out and then it still yeah. happens. You and know. even if the person's completely impaired, it's right. not their fault. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's never their fault. So that's another thing, too, I think we were talking, Cindy and I were talking about, of how to support friends if mm-hmm. that does happen. Yeah. Um, and just ways to kind of look into resources of where yeah. you are, mm-hmm. but also know that we're here Yes. Um, when they get back, if they need that support, yeah, too. That was actually that was actually one of the things they said was, you know, that sometimes people are going to want to do something right away. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times when people are a victim of something like sexual assault, it doesn't kick in for them right away. Yeah. That they, they need help. So yeah. knowing that when they come back, there are places for them to go. Definitely. Here sure. is certainly an yeah. important part of things. Yeah. You know, one of the things I also wanted to... Um, touch base on is when we talk about this kind of subject, I think our minds naturally go to this happening to girls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't just happen to girls. This also happens to boys. Absolutely. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a male thing and it's a female thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I wonder if there's anything that we want to, I mean, it's the same kind of advice. If you're going out with a a gang of your, your buddies, you know, you still want to have those kinds of conversations. Definitely. Um, and you want to 
be cautious as well because bad things can happen mm-hmm. to you too. Absolutely. And I think there's added pressure and stigmas attached to men receiving sexual attention Mm -hmm. that it's like this expectation of if you're a guy and you're getting any kind of sexual attention you should welcome it and you should want it Mm -hmm. and if you don't then you're not a real man yeah um and those stereotypes and the stigmas are really harmful because absolutely there are people anyone could have their own boundaries that they don't want to engage in any type of sexual activity or don't want to be touched Mm -hmm. um, or groped at the bar that they're at or the club that they're at Mm -hmm. just because they're a man or someone else doesn't mean that 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 there's a right to do that Mm -hmm. to anybody so yeah absolutely that's you know something that i think is so underreported and under talked about yeah and i think going back to kind of the point you were bringing up before of having to respond as friends to a male female Mm -hmm. somebody of any gender identity um thinking that maybe something happened to them Mm -hmm. creating that space and allowing Mm -hmm. there to be that space in that group of people that you're with to kind of process what happened um you were saying you know people don't realize they need help right away Mm -hmm. and that's fine especially if there's substances involved your memory might not be all there we're here to support no matter what that timeline is but these are hopefully people who've gone away on spring break or are still around here on spring break with friends and can process it with people that are near them of right. like, I'm not really sure what happened or I don't really remember or I didn't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. Allowing that conversation to happen for guys too in a yeah, way mm-hmm. that's not like, oh, well, do you should just be fine with it. Right. Yeah. It's kind of important to allow people the space to fill in the blanks or have mm-hmm. a conversation about what happened in a room where they feel safe around people they feel like they could trust because somebody who's questioning what happened is probably questioned it five times in their head before they've even opened up about it so right is that all Mm -hmm. you know yeah and friends are often that first line of defense like Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. sometimes especially on this occasion when they're not by their family or maybe even other people that they would normally go to first the first person they see the next morning after something happened Mm -hmm. is going to be that person that they're traveling with whether that's someone they're close with or not so absolutely creating that space of that safety and Mm -hmm. understanding being empathetic and not judging not asking questions of like well what were you wearing well you were just really drunk and you were really flirty none of that matters if someone did not want what was happening regardless of how impaired they were, mm-hmm. regardless of how they were dressing, yeah. acting, whatever, it's a sexual assault yeah. if it was unwanted. We so, had talked yeah. about saying things like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I couldn't tell if you were okay with what was happening. What do you remember happening? Or or if you don't remember it, like, how are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. How can I be here to support you and help yeah. you figure this out? It's really, you know, just changing some language around versus the things that Kara was saying yeah. before. Yeah, less questions and more support, I think, Mm -hmm. is kind of the way to go. And not everyone is going on a spring break, um, you know, that's a Fort Lauderdale kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. we have people who go on the alternative spring break kinds of things. And and so that sometimes is a a different dynamic, Mm -hmm. but things can still happen to people. Mm -hmm. Same thing with we have a lot of sports teams that go and do spring break tournaments and stuff. So yeah. You know, the the dynamics are sometimes a little bit different and the group of people is sometimes a little bit different, but there can still be things that go on for you. So it's not we're not just talking to people who are, you know, 
going to sure to mm-hmm. Disney for the week with <laughs> right. you know, yeah, a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. That it's it's all kinds of travel that people do. Yeah. And it's not even just spring break. These are all yeah. kind of hints mm-hmm. and tips that are good for whenever. Mm-hmm. And you're, traveling yeah. in general. Yeah, and you study abroad or anything yeah. like that. And I think that traveling piece really adds kind of a complexity to that person's experience mm-hmm. because it's always difficult to navigate you know, how to feel, how to react to Mm -hmm. this traumatic experience. But when you're traveling and you're in a new place that you've never been before, maybe around people that you aren't very familiar with, it adds all the other layers of kind of how that person's going to kind of process that Mm -hmm. trauma. Mm -hmm. So I think identifying any local resources in the place that you're going, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, traveling for alternative spring break or studying abroad or whatever it may be, especially if you're traveling alone, mm-hmm. um, yeah. just knowing, you know, who are the individuals or the agencies that you can reach out to right. there. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you want to be proactive, you can always reach out to us before you go. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And we Definitely. can help kind of with that too. And I think mm-hmm. know, knowing that we have hotlines mm-hmm. and things like that where if you're in the space of trying to process what may or may not yeah. have happened to mm-hmm. you um, – Calling those hotlines are 24 hours a day, yeah. and you can call the the one for the Women's Center from Mississippi or wherever it is yeah. that you are, um, and speaking with somebody and yep. just talking to somebody about where you've been and what you feel like you might have gone through, and mm-hmm. um, even if it's just sort of a simple reminder of, like, this wasn't your fault, mm-hmm. it right. is okay, and there's people here that can help you, yeah. or if you're a friend and you're calling because you don't know how to help somebody and you yep. want to try to be there for them— mm-hmm. And then having whoever it is that you're reaching out to, putting you in contact with resources that are around yeah. where you are. And I think, you know, that whole traveling alone thing, because I think there are a lot of people who have a tendency to do that. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, I know when I, I did a like a three-week tour of the Southwest years yeah. ago. And, mm-hmm. Sounds awesome. And so it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and but I before I left because I was going to be in a car by myself somewhere mm-hmm. I hadn't been before and mm-hmm. and so you know I sent my siblings and my mom this is my itinerary yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I called in and checked in with somebody every day yeah you know so there are just well. there are some things you can do just to kind of make sure people know sure. about where you're going to be and definitely. some things that also help and technology again makes that so much easier definitely today yeah. than than it was you know even 15 or 20 years ago um are there things that we've missed talking about that you think are important hmm. i think that was a lot of what we covered um yeah that we wanted to talk about, just yeah. reiterating that it's never the victim's fault, mm-hmm. um, that we're here at the Women's Center, even though we're called the Women's Center, we are for yep. everyone. Mm-hmm. So absolutely like your point before, that mm-hmm. anyone can be a victim of this yep. or a perpetrator of this. So yeah. we welcome all survivors and victims of all identities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just, again, knowing no matter what you do to put in place, um it shouldn't take away from your fun. It right. shouldn't stop you from going on vacation sure, or going yeah. to travel. Um, but we always kind of call them like just-in-case rules mm-hmm. of like, you know, this isn't definitely going to happen to mm-hmm. someone. But just in case it does, we want to yeah. make sure you know kind of what's in place and what's yeah. available to you mm-hmm. for that support. Yeah, we're absolutely not trying to get people to be so <laughs> afraid go of, spring break. of going on a trip <laughs> or spring break somewhere, no. you know, because those are great experiences. And when, yeah. you, when you've gone on, you know, a terrific spring break, or something it, it stays with you yeah, absolutely forever you know so mm-hmm. you want 
you want to have those experiences. You don't want to be so petrified, but with just a few little thoughtful measures, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. you can make it a much better and safer experience for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Um, you know, I I think that's we're also running out of time. So I want to thank you both for coming in and talking about this because yeah. it is oh, a really important me. subject. And And even if your spring break is, you know, going home or if you take a day and go into the city mm-hmm. and, yeah. or yeah. something, mm-hmm. th- these are tips and things that you can always keep in mind to make you safer. It doesn't have to be that you're, you know, heading Certainly. off to yeah. – you know, San Diego. To, right. To do You're something. talking about a lot of awesome places. I know. I know. You make me want to travel. <laughs> all places I would like to go, I think so. And they're all warmer than yes, here. So, exactly. You know. We got sunshine on the mind. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, thanks so much, yeah, Sydney, Kara, yeah, for being you. with us. And I know we'll have you back again. Um, I hope that uh, if you are planning to travel, you do take a minute to have listened to this and take some of the tips with you. And um, if you have any questions, like always, you can email me at griffinm at wcsu.edu. And just as a reminder, the Women's Center is located right here in the lovely White Hall. Yes. Um, what's the room number again? White Hall, it's 003A. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, please, if you need to talk to anyone from the Women's Center, feel free to stop in and see them. And that's going to be it for Gab and Grow today. So hope you'll tune in again. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you.